Hey there, welcome to Not Your Ordinary Girl, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hey there. So today we're going to talk about leadership. You probably have read before, heard online, people trying to distinguish the difference between managing and leading. And I wanted to talk a little bit today about some things that you can do to set yourself apart as a really good leader, especially if you're a supervisor or a team lead or a a, a director of, of programs or whatever level it is, some things that you can do to really kind of demonstrate that you are a leader for your team, for your employees, not just a manager as your function or your role in an organization. The first concept is setting goals. Do you set clear goals and expectations for your staff and your team? And what I mean by that is being very explicit in what it is you are expecting from your employees not just with respect to their overall job performance. Perhaps it's your responsibility to do their ratings or the reviews at the end of the year, but if you're supervising or overseeing their actual day-to-day tasks as well, do you set clear goals and milestones and expectations for the projects that you're assigning your team? The clearer you can be with the people that work for you about what it is you expect from them, the less area there will be for confusion, frustration, disappointment. I'm not talking about micromanaging. I'm talking about being instructive and clear, right? So if you're starting a new project with your team and you have a vision for what you want that project to look like. It works best for both you and your team for you to be very clear with them about what it is that you're expecting. If you have something that has to happen in a certain order or you have certain expectations for how something gets done, if there are rules or regulations or guidance that is put out by your organization that they need to adhere to to stay within the boundaries of legal reasons or regulations or whatever it may be for your your organization or your structure. Be clear with your employees about what those boundaries are so that they don't run afoul of them. You could say that, well, they work here, they should know them. Sure, they might know them and they may implement them, they may adhere to them, they, they may just go that way. But why take the chance of causing delays, frustrations, unclear communications between you and your team by just making those assumptions. The fewer assumptions we can make, the clearer we can be with our team. Now again, I'm not talking about micromanaging them, and you certainly don't want to be condescending. If it's an obvious rule or boundary or something that is just unwritten, but everyone knows it, then you probably maybe you just want to bring it up jokingly or lightheartedly or somehow convey it to them that, hey, I know you probably already know this, but just to make sure, just want to make sure you're aware of whatever, right? So you don't want to be obnoxious about it and and read them the whole regulation if it's something that everybody knows. But you do want to make sure that the communication is very clear that this project that they're starting is going to run into some kind of challenge or 
might need to be considerate of said regulation or rule or law or whatever it may be. Again, clear expectations. I'm asking you to perform this function for this period of time with this being the outcome. This is what I'm expecting. This is how I would like you to get there if there are parameters that you want to make sure that they're adhering to. And this is a reasonable timeline. If there are problems, please come to me and we will reevaluate, readjust the timeline, talk about ways to, to handle any unforeseen challenges or issues that might come up. The next is empowering your team. Do you empower your team to be creative and innovative when reasonable? And this goes along with being clear with your, your goals and objectives with them, but empower them to be creative in how they get to the end point, if possible. Obviously, again, if there are laws and regulations and things that need to be adhered to or processes for safety or whatnot, then obviously they're not able to be as creative and, as, and innovative as they could be. But often there's many different ways to get to point B from point A, right? And we may not know as leaders, we may not know the best way to get there and empowering your staff to be able to be creative and think outside the box and come up with new ways or different ways that they might do things could be very helpful. It could also cause problems, but it might also present different ways to do things that you might not have thought of. Perhaps they save you time. Perhaps they save you money. Perhaps they come up with a, an even better product at the end, whatever it may be. Empowering your staff and making sure they understand that they are empowered to try things like that is very important. Now, you can certainly put boundaries on that empowerment. You can certainly say, hey, I love creativity and innovation. If you can come up with a new idea, I would like you to run it by me first. I would like you to not run afoul of whatever rules and, and, and guidance that you, you put in place for them, but it doesn't mean that they can't feel empowered to do these things. You're just giving them some structure with which to work within. So that gives you a little bit of insurance as well. If you're not completely comfortable with letting them run crazy and just come up with whatever it is they want to, then again, set clear goals and expectations for your team. You can be very clear with them and say, hey, I want you to come up with your own way of doing this. You have this amount of time. If it's not working in this amount of time, then we need to revert to the old way or however you want to um, empower them to work within the parameters that you feel are acceptable. And obviously you're probably working up a chain as well. You report to somebody, you want to make sure that their creativity is not going to get you crosswise with whatever your deliverables are for your team. Do you encourage an open dialogue if your team has questions or concerns? And again, these all tie together, see, because if you are empowering them to be creative and innovative, you also need to encourage them to have open dialogue with you because if they're coming up with new ideas and they're trying things that are a little bit out of the norm, you want to make sure that they can come and talk to you about it and feel comfortable that you're not going to just shut them down. You're going to hear them out. You're going to have patience and be respectful of the ideas that they bring you. And that's just not with the creativity and innovation that they bring. That's with pretty much anything that your team and your staff are doing. When you are setting up 
your expectations, make sure that you are clear with them, that my door is always open. Perhaps you'd rather deal with email or text message or whatever communication style is what you feel your strongest. Set that up for them. Explain to them, I like to know what's going on. I like to give you so much wiggle room to be able to explore and do your work, but at the same time, I like to be engaged. I'd like you to be able to come to me and say, hey, I'm, I have some questions about the way this is happening. Perhaps this might work better. I am uncomfortable with the timeline. I'm uncomfortable with the budget. Um, I think that we could raise it, lower it, shorten it, lengthen it, whatever it may be. Make it clear to your employees that you have an open door. And obviously that's figurative. You may have a cubicle, you may work remote, you may have international teams, you may meet on phone calls. Having an open door just means that you are there to lend an ear for your employees with respect to any questions, concerns, comments that may come up revolving around their work with you. And again, this works as well if you are responsible for their, their performance and their growth. If you're responsible for writing their assessments and they have concerns or questions, they want to talk to you a little bit more about how to position themselves for advancement, what type of training they should be taking, what type of opportunities they should be volunteering for, any of those things. You want your staff to feel comfortable being able to come to you. Now, I understand that especially if you're in an administrative role over staff, it can be an exhausting job because you end up being the ear that everybody complains to right? I don't like the way this happens. I don't like the way this person talks to me. I don't like my hours. I don't like my pay, my benefits. I need a sick day. I have a a sick cat. I have a grumpy husband, whatever it is that they've come to complain about. This is obviously a very slippery slope. And having been an administrative manager before, I totally understand that your job can quickly become overwhelmed by all of that other drama, if you will, that is very, very important and significant to your employee, but may not be to you. And you kind of have to triage and roll with that a little bit. But it shouldn't preclude you from not encouraging some kind of an open door policy with your entire team. Because you do want them to feel comfortable coming to you with recommendations, ideas, new ways to do things. Again, back to your creative and innovation. They may come to you with the next greatest thing. And you want to be a part of that because it will be good for you and your entire team to be a part of those things. You don't want to miss out on that because you're alienating your staff and they end up going someplace else. And you're not fostering that kind of creativity and that kind of an open relationship with your with your staff. You can also set goals and expectations for your open door policy. You can be very clear and explain to your team that, hey, I do office hours. Maybe you have an open door policy on Tuesdays and Thursdays for three hours. Obviously, if something urgent comes up outside of those times, provide them some other way to get in touch with you because you are responsible for these people and their work and their work reflects on you and you want to make sure that you're not shutting them down completely if there is something that comes up. But for the regular every day, maybe for the complaint sessions that you may get as an administrative manager, perhaps you take those on Tuesdays and Thursdays and make it very clear. Again, obviously if there's something, an emergency that comes up, those rules do not apply. But for the general everyday bitch session, this is the time that is appropriate for that. The last point is understanding what you know and what you don't know. 
and recognizing the points of view and contributions of everybody on your team. I feel that one of the true signs of a really good leader is recognizing that none of us know everything. I've never worked for anyone and I've never worked over people where I felt or knew that I knew everything. It's just not possible. There might be some industry out there where you have to be all-knowing in everything you do all day, every day, but I have yet to hear of it. In general, teams are built around people with disparate backgrounds, education, experiences, levels of, of professional experience, all of those different things. And one of the reasons that works is because everybody brings something different to the table. Everybody has different ideas of how to do things. They might have a background in finance and they could really be your guru for your budget and say, hey, we could save money if we do this, or we could come in under budget if we do that. Maybe you have someone who's a whiz at calendars and scheduling, and they can take a look at your your project and say, you know, this would go so much better if we did this. Perhaps you work with scientists or engineers, technicians of some sort, and they all come from different types of academic backgrounds as well as job backgrounds as well as life backgrounds, right? Everybody has different experiences to bring to the table. And as a leader, it's important for us to acknowledge that, number one, that we don't know everything. And even if we don't know what we don't know, we know that there's some things out there that we don't, right? Let me say that again. Even if we don't know what we don't know, we do know that there are things we don't know. And what I mean by that is, because we're acknowledging that we don't know everything, we are surrounding ourselves even by people on our team or our staff, subordinates above us, however we can, with people that can contribute to a more comprehensive pool of knowledge, right? So you want to make sure that on your team, on your staff, you recognize that, hey, I have an admin who is a whiz with all things Outlook. Maybe Outlook was never your thing. And yes, maybe this is just an administrative assistant. You may look at them and think, well, they have two years of school. They don't have a whole lot of experience. But you know what? They are a whiz at Outlook. And you cannot figure your way out of your Outlook calendar most days. Recognize the contribution that this person can provide your team and be appreciative of it. Let them know that you recognize that, hey, you have a real talent here. This is something that you're really good at. Even the newest people on your staff, the most junior people on your staff, have something to contribute. Otherwise, you wouldn't have hired them or the company wouldn't have hired them. And if they don't, then you should be looking at other ways of how to take their skills and use them in a different way. Because everybody has something to provide. And a good leader looks for ways to bring everybody to the table and harness the skills that they provide and the talents that they have and apply them for the greater good of the group. You could be dismissive and think, well, I've got all these junior people. They don't know what they're doing. I have to spend all my time training them. They're not doing anything I ask. I have to constantly micromanage them. You could be very negative in your approach and you could really be destructive to your team because you're not willing to look and embrace 
the opportunity that all of these junior possibly and moldable people are going to bring you. There are two ways to look at every situation, right? And we can automatically go to the negative or we could look for ways to find the positive in it. Perhaps in your empowerment of your team and that creativity and innovation, you work with them to try and come up with ways that your team can work outside the box. If you're a new leader and have no idea what your team does and you're just kind of learning about it, talk to them about your goals and expectations. Talk to them about how you like to empower your team to be creative and innovative. And then ask them to provide you some feedback about what it is they think they do. There's nothing saying that you can't ask your team what their strengths are. There's no reason why you can't sit them down and say, look, I'm, I'm obviously new to the team. I want to make sure that I'm leveraging everybody to the best of their capabilities. We obviously are all here to do a job. And this is my expectation for how we get that job done. But not knowing how all of you contribute, I'd be very interested to hear about your ideas on how to achieve these objectives. You might be surprised with the feedback that you get. You might learn things about some of your staff that will not only be beneficial to that project, but going forward. You will also learn information about what their skills and talents are so that if you are responsible for doing performance assessments, you will have information to make a more informed assessment of them and provide more constructive feedback. If they're asking you about training or ways to excel, ways to move ahead, ways to position themselves strategically so that they can advance, understanding your team and recognizing that they all have different contributions is, is key. And leveraging the areas in which they're strongest at is good for both you and the employee as well as the entire team. Now, all of that said, leveraging their strengths doesn't mean you should discount their weaknesses. There are always ways in which we can advance. There are always ways in which we can improve. And again, part of being a good leader is helping foster that growth and improvement in our staff and our employees, making sure that they are aware of areas that they can grow and improve upon. And that's not to say that you browbeat them and say, you really stink at this. You really need to get some training. This isn't what you're, you should be way further along by now. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you should be constructive in how you approach this with them. But the fact that you recognize what their strengths are, just like you, they have strengths and weaknesses, and we all have areas to work on. So helping them identify those areas in which they could get more training, or they could have a few more opportunities to practice. Perhaps you put them on a different team where they'll get more experience exercising this skill that they could they could improve upon. Or if it's something that they're just not going to get or they're not even interested in, then perhaps you don't set them up for failure and continue to put them in that role. Perhaps you talk to them and say, you know, this is kind of what you're you're supposed to be doing. I'm not seeing a whole lot of, of excitement from you and I'm not seeing a whole lot of improvement. How can we work on that together? Do we need to think about some training? Do we need to think about some extra practice? Or is this something that you are just passionate about not doing? And do we need to talk about that? 
in certain situations, that could be just fine. And you may have them do different projects or different work or different assignments. In certain situations, perhaps that's the role they were hired into and you need them to do it. And that's kind of one of those hard conversations that you have to have as a leader that, you know, right now, this is what we hired you for and I kind of need you to step up. I'm happy to try and get you some extra training if you think that will help. But until we we find another role that's suitable for you and a replacement for this position, if that's even an option, you kind of have to do this job. And I need you to bring your all. And I truly feel that if you are transparent and honest with your team and your staff and you are considering their best interest at heart, they see that. Obviously, there's always the outliers that that are going to miss it, right? But for the most part, if you are being clear with your intentions and honest in in the fact that, hey, I, I can't do this for you right now, but on the long term, if I can, I will. I need this from you. This is what I can do for you. It's kind of a, a give and take, if you will, of you helping to build your, your team up, build your staff up one by one into the collective for the overall good of the team. Along that line of understanding what you don't know, the last thing you want to do is go into meetings and and work with your team and act like you know everything that has to be done. Now, you may know all about this project that you need to complete. You know what your expectations are from start to finish, and you've laid them out. You have empowered them to the extent that you're able to, and you are clear with them about the fact that you want to have open dialogue about the process along the way. But at the same time, there are parts of this project that other people may have been hired to do because it is not something you can do. Perhaps there's some kind of a um, science component or a technology component or a data component, and you are just a manager or you are uh, you know, an, a general MBA or maybe you just do finance. Maybe there's only a portion of this that is really your niche and the other people are contributing to bring the team together. You need to be able to rely on those people that are providing those very specific skill sets. And you need to empower them to be able to do that, but also encourage them that, hey, this is not really my thing. This is your area, but I also need to be in the know of what's going on. I need to be aware of how things are going. If you're experiencing challenges, if there are more resources that I need to look into, whatever it may be, the clearer and the more, the more discussion you can have regarding what's going on with the project the better chance of success you will have. So just to, to look back here, and they all are pretty interconnected, right? I mean, we went back and forth between all four of these areas and how communication and goal setting and empowerment and understanding skills and talents are really very interwoven when it comes to leading a successful team. You want to make sure that you're setting your clear goals and expectations for your staff. You want to empower them to be creative and innovative whenever possible or reasonable. But you also want to encourage open dialogue so that they can come to you with questions or concerns, keep you up to date on status and progress, and making sure that they are meeting your expectations and your goals. And they're keeping you in the loop if they're being creative or innovative in their approach to the project. 
And you also want to recognize that they may have talents or skills or education that you don't, and you do need to rely on them with the understanding that they are going to be clear about what it is they're doing. They're going to talk to you about what's going on, keep you in the loop, so that while you may not be performing some of the the nitty-gritty of the real technical pieces, you are still in the know because you are still to be recognized as the leader of the project or the team or the company, whatever it may be. All of these things coming together make for a smoothly working, as much as possible, team that can move from point A to point B. And obviously, nothing ever works as, as expected, right? Nothing ever goes exactly how you plan it, but the more dialed in and clear you can be about your goals and expectations and your communications with your team and and staying in contact with them, the better your chances for things to come out smoothly at the end. And even if they don't come out smoothly all along the way, if you are involved in paying attention and monitoring the progress and allowing them to come talk to you if they need to, you will be the first to know or the second to know if the problem does arise, if a delay comes up, if an issue comes up, and you will be there to be able to provide them guidance or advice on how to adapt or change things so that you can get back on track and achieve your objective. So I wish you all the best in leading your projects, and I hope you have a great day. All right, so thanks for tuning in to Not Your Ordinary Girl. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to notyourordinarygirl.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or feedback, and please go ahead and recommend it to your friends. Until next time, remember to always stand up and be confident, stand by all that you do and say with integrity, and stand out, because after all, there's only one.